21 winner. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, place your bets. Welcome to Las Vegas. Welcome to the AV Forums Podcast, presented by Phil Hinton. Hello and welcome to the first AV Forums podcast from the show floor at the International CES here in Las Vegas. And um, the first thing that hits you when you walk into uh, the showrooms here is that if you think about your What Hi-Fi shows and your Bristol shows and all the UK shows, put them all together, times them by 10,000 and you're still nowhere close to how big this event is. For the next few podcasts, uh, we're going to do our very best to try and get around most of the show, uh, or certainly as much of the show as possible, and we are going to focus on display technologies and, of course, home cinema technology, including the new HD sound format, as well as the HD disc battle, which is still ongoing at this moment in time. Uh, But as you can appreciate with Warner's recent announcement, things have been rather low-key in the HD DVD camp. Now, if you look at the forums and the press conference coverage uh, from yesterday, that was Sunday, uh, you will see that we've uh, put quick write-ups up there for you, just so you can have a look and see what products uh, the various companies are launching at CES this year. Like I say, we're going to focus on Blu-ray, HD, DVD, and the various display technologies that are on show here. And uh, our first stop this morning is with Pioneer, and Pioneer have two new concept screens. Uh, One is just 9mm thick, and uh, I've got to say, I'm standing looking at it in the flesh, and it is absolutely gorgeous. So we're going to get some interviews regarding that screen, and also the new concept screen, uh, which they claim gets rid of the the contrast ratio figures, uh, because it does complete blackout. Uh, So we're going to try and get some interviews now, and uh, first of all, we're going to start with David Bales, who's Pioneer's uh, audio manager on the product manager side of things and we're talking about this Isano amplifier which is uh, on display here so just give us a brief rundown of what the amplifier does and, and what's unique about it. Okay, um, well, we're launching a new flagship from our elite line of receivers here in the States. Um, we, we needed a new AV receiver to, to handle really what's happening with the high definition audio formats. You know we're well uh, a big player in the Blu-ray camp uh, not just high definition video, but high definition audio is now part of this part of the game, uh, and we felt like the AB amplifier has really had enough. That we wanted a lot more power, we wanted more speed, flexibility, punch, um, and realism. So we did partner with Ice Power. Um, we have a unique to Pioneer Ice Power module, a 10 channel, 1400 watt amplifier module in this product. Um, and again, just designed to take sound quality in the multi-channel world to the next level. Um, other than that, it's it's very high-end in the areas of AV processing. Uh, the audio, we're using Wolfson DAX, for example, obviously Burr Brown. Uh, our video processing is uh, from Marvel, the QDO. Uh, every aspect of the product is very much hand-built. Um, a custom installation, a big part of the North American business. Um, make sure that we can work with all the third-party guys out there of Crestron and AMX and Fast. Um, and then uh, home networking, which is a big initiative here in the States, uh, to make sure that we have our home media gallery function uh, moving through this AV receiver, and it becomes the hub of the network entertainment. Now, just to explain to our listeners uh, what the unit actually looks like, 
Um, we have the actual amplification on the bottom of the amplifier, is that correct? Yeah, it's um, what we call a dual construction design. It literally is a separate product uh, with a preamp section on top. Uh, all knobs, uh, an LCD screen even, so you can do pre-setup. You don't need a TV to set it up. Um, uh, it's a fairly good-sized product. It's sitting at about 80 pounds. Underneath is the is the direct energy module utilizing the ice power technology. Um, if you undo a few bolts, you have a separate, and so it's connected by a ribbon cord. It's, it's very much a separate product put together into an AV receiver. Now, uh, also notice the Air Studio badge there. Uh, we had a little discussion about that. Just explain to our, our listeners what Air Studio does uh, with the components when you give them to them. Sure. Uh, Air Studio has partnered with us now for uh, probably 10 years uh, to be our critical ears. They're the guys who make the content. They make the music. They make the movies. And we felt like who better to sound tune, final sound tune our products uh, than the actual engineers. So we've been working with them for uh, nearly a decade. Uh, all of our higher end product, we like to take over to them and let them play around with it, listen to it, give us critical uh, information about uh, the texture of the sound, the, uh, you know, uh, frequency response, everything um, that they can give us, and we listen to them, try and make as many changes as we can. Once we do, they'll certify it that, yeah, you know, this is up to our standards. Now, one of the big things with AV amplifiers these days is, is two camps, really, uh, your video processing side and also auto-EQ. Uh, so maybe we could cover video processing first of all. What's actually in the amplifier there? Um, from, from the audio equalization area is uh, what we call advanced MCACC. Um, we beefed that up quite a bit um, with a new symmetrical uh, time alignment. Uh, we'll start with the front left and right channels only, and it's down to a 0.2 millisecond. Uh, don't quote me there. I'm sorry. I might miss the number, but it's an inch of an inch. It's very small. Uh, so we're fine-tuning distance uh, much more than we have in the past. Uh, as far as our calibration philosophy, we are a little bit different than most other EQ systems out there. Um, in that we don't do a lot of parametric. We, we keep a graphic equalization and what we call envelope calibration, and we're only looking for the worst anomalies. We feel like if you try and do too much, you're going to cause more problems. And also we, we have the video processing side. Um, now, it will upscale to 1080p and so on. So what chipset is in there? And, and how is it going about doing the video processing? Well, we're using a, a Marvel. Uh, might, might not be as well known for some. Everybody talks about Fujitsu and the Rialto. Uh, Marvel is um, another group out there that has the QDO video processor. They just won Processor of the Year last year. Uh, they call it Quiet Technology. Uh, and they're very sensitive to scaling, 1080p up conversion, um, uh, making sure that uh, the original signal is, is taken up to a 1080p in the correct way. They do a very good job. We're real excited to be working with them. You'll be hearing more about these guys. Now, this is great. This is obviously the top-of-the-line machine. Uh, I understand it's around about $7,000. Is that correct? That's correct. And obviously, we'll, we will see it in Europe at some stage uh, in the next year. Um, so we look forward to seeing that. Now, what else on the audio side is Pioneer showing here today? Uh, it's, it's interesting. CES falls at a time when we're doing our core uh, product lineup in the AV receiver uh, home theater systems. Um, so for the AV receivers, this is our national distribution launch where, you know, our entry-level AV receiver on up to around $500. So um, that's a big, big thing for us at CES every year. Uh, $199, $249, $349, $599 are our price points this year. Uh, we have great national distribution, largely due to a, a change into a, a glossy black finish for the North America market this year and extremely high power. We went crazy. And it's all about this high-definition audio format. We want to be positioned with our amplifiers uh, before that format really becomes mainstream. 
uh, make sure that our amps are, you know, 0.05% THD at a whopping 120 watts. We're big amps in, in the smaller receivers and then all the way up the line. And obviously home integration is, is one of these things, networking and so on. Uh, it's one of these areas that's really expanding um, this, this last year and obviously into 2008. Um, so what do your products bring to, bring to the networking side of things? Yeah, uh, home integration, networking, custom installation, all in the same bucket. And, um, the, you know, we have to be able to take care of the older third party, the RS-232, the IR solutions, and those were very well set up for. Uh, but we really believe the future is in the IP or Internet-based home networking. We have a technology or a, a format, I should say, this home media gallery. Um, it first appeared on our plasma panels, uh, appeared again then on our Blu-ray player, and now it's working its way through our elite AV receiver lineup. Um, we don't we don't want to stop with just music distribution via IP and file sharing, internet radio, which we have. Uh, we we want to maintain the photo, the video. So uh, our home media gallery is capable of more than just audio networking. Um, all of your digital photos from your computer through this system, nice on-screen display. Uh, and then with the new flagship, we're, we're able to handle high-definition stream video. So uh, we're, we feel like that's the future of not just moving content uh, from the Internet into the living room. It's to the living room through the home. Uh, so, David, uh, another interesting thing happening at CES for Pioneer is uh, the launch of TAD, which is your... Uh uh, your high high end audio system. So maybe you can just explain a little bit about that. Um, we've really reintroduced our TAD business. Um, we've been in business. We've been building studio monitors for many many years, um, and we just put a little bit extra emphasis into it this year. We feel like we need to be providing the highest quality audio speakers to the studios. Um, so that we can build the best consumer products, really. I mean, it really is, is part of the overall plan from top to bottom, production of the content all the way through the consumer playback of it. Uh, so this year, I, I believe, I'm not a TAD guy, but we're introducing uh, some pretty heavy-duty amplifiers, some monoblocks, uh, to go with our TAD drivers. David, it's, it's been great meeting up with you, and thanks for explaining the audio side for Pioneer for us, and uh, all the best for the show. My pleasure. Thank you much. The highest definition. 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 This is the AV Forums Podcast. It doesn't matter which trade show you go to, whether in the UK or like here in the US, without bumping into Jim Carthside, a product manager for Great Britain for Pioneer. Hello, Jim. Hi, Phil. How are you doing? You have to excuse my gruff voice. I've got a stinking cold and I've spoken to too many people already, I'm afraid. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's the first time I've been to CES and uh, I've got to say I'm blown away just by the size of the thing um, and I'm quite daunted to, to try and get around here and, and speak to the people that we need to speak to. Uh, but thank you very much for being uh, very um, gracious in letting us have the first look this morning at the, uh, at the new contrast concept. Um, still lost for words personally, so, so what do you think? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, you heard at the press conference yesterday, there's really two concept products that we've got on the stand. I mean, Pioneer have never been a great one for actually uh, flag-waving with concept products, whereas a lot of other manufacturers do it. And, of course, a lot of other industries do it. You know, you get a motor shows, you see concept cars at every motor show. Um, and it's interesting to see that Pioneer want to make it very clear that we're at the leading edge of this technology. We, we want to make it, stamp our mark on it very clearly, that Kuro is not just a branding exercise. We are the technology leaders in this technology. Um, super thin, a 9mm product. Unbelievable. 
50 inch screen as thick as uh, some of the thinnest mobile phones on the market market today uh, and you know cosmetically just looks gorgeous um, that's actually more or less AG TV technology that you're seeing on that panel uh, there and of course it is just a panel it's not a television at the end of the day so it is a concept and we're just saying that's possibly where we'll end up in the future uh, maybe we'll see some thinner sizes in future towards that before we get to that sort of depth um, but I'm not going to give too much away there just yet um, the other thing of course that we, you've seen uh, which is uh, again is jaw dropping is the super black dem which is a closed room dem that we've got behind us here on the booth um, Again, it's conceptual. Uh, I mean, of course, when Kuro came out, it was 80% blacker than the 7G product that it was replacing, 8G uh, being the Kuro product when we first introduced that. Um, obviously, we're not saying what 9G is going to be just yet. In fact, uh, Pioneer are actually not going to quote contrast ratios anymore, uh, and that will start with 9G. Um, that's because it's getting rather silly. Uh, in fact, our black level is getting so high, it's almost getting difficult to measure, even with some of the best measuring devices that are out there. Um, and actually, from what you saw in the den behind us, the super black den uh, is immeasurable. Because basically what we've been able to do is our engineers have developed a way of actually not of having any priming discharge at all in the cells between going from, say, peak white to black or anything in between. So you get really true black. And as you saw, you know, you get, we get that spinning chrome ring coming out of the darkness as if it's just floating in air. It's just unreal. The picture is unbelievable. Uh, and what it does to everything else, I mean, the dimensionality on the clips we saw of the movies, the 3D-ness to it, unbelievable, absolutely unreal. No, that was the first time that you've actually seen the product as well. I understand you went to Japan a few weeks ago, wasn't quite finished. Um, and yet, what you mentioned there, and just for the, for the listeners, uh, we were basically sitting in a dark room, it was completely black. We could see three panels, there were 8G panels. Um, a clip started, yeah, it was a you know, run-of-the-mill demo. Um, you could actually see the panels in the pitch black because uh, they do emit light even, at the, yeah. even with a, a, a zero IRE. Uh, uh, picture there it's you can still see you, you it you could see the rectangle grey image you know with the Pioneer logo on it you could see that there was a TV there you could see that there was a Kuro screen don't forget they were HE Kuro screens so there's yeah. not a lot wrong with them uh, but yeah you're right you could see three panels there and of course you had Yoichi Sato coming on there explaining about you know for him as the engineer behind this his belief is is that black True black is the key, and any artist in film and video knows that is the key to true colour reproduction. And of course, you then had a producer, a film director on there as well, uh, talking about how important black is. Uh, and then, as you say, what, what I, I knew it was there because I've seen this den before. Uh, I knew that there was a fourth panel in that room, uh, and that what you didn't know was that it was on. Uh, and obviously then they switched the input to bring that one into the loop with the other three uh, when that particular sequence of a spinning ring comes up and then as I say into video and everything else and as you say you, you can't see the bezel you can see nothing I mean a lot of people who've been to our shows we use a lot of stock footage uh, it's obviously pioneer footage it's been shot in very high quality um, we've got stuff of you know goldfish and flowers floating on black pools of water uh, shot in a black tank um, and literally those flowers are floating in air uh, it truly is unreal absolutely unreal well you know people will be listening and thinking well Jim you're just hyping this up but I've got to agree with you um, that was probably the, the, the most stunning thing I have seen in a very very long time the AG panels are fantastic but that's just a different level altogether now we have to point out here as well that this is just a concept yeah. isn't it I mean at the end of the day you got to you know 
as I said earlier, we started off, you go to a motor show, you see concept cars. Some of those concept cars come to market. I mean, you know, I'm not picking on particular brands, but something like the Audi, the, the, the R8, uh, I can remember seeing that as a concept car a very long time ago, and actually again used in movies like iRobot, I, I that, that concept car theme was used, and that car's come to reality. So it will happen, there's no doubt it will happen, but we can't say when. And the same with the Super Black. We've got the technology there to do that, and we're showing that. But at the end of the day, you've got to remember that both these prototypes that we're seeing here, in their own right, and that's why they've got security guards around them, at the end of the day are multi-million pound prototypes. Uh, they're not okay. commercial, real-made production facility things coming off of a production, production line. Uh, and obviously to get it to that, that's a long way. Uh, that's where it does cost a lot of money to develop the engineering to do that. Um, so we'll get there in the end. It will be gradual. Um, and let's say, don't let that put you off the next generation of Kuro. Because I'm sure, the ne- I know, because I've seen it, that the next generation does go on beyond what we've seen with HG. And what we're showing here is, is that it doesn't stop there either. Uh, now, some people might say, oh, well, I won't buy anything then because I'll just wait because it always gets better. Doesn't it always in this industry? Uh, otherwise, you'll never buy anything. You've got to buy in somewhere. Otherwise, we'd all be driving Ford Cortinas or Ford Anglias. We'd have never changed our cars. So uh, just enjoy it. Buy it and enjoy it. At least when you buy one of ours, though, you know you're, you're getting the best that's available today. Now, um, Pioneer's always been a company that when you've shown something at a show, it's always been available. So why have you gone the concept route this time round? I think really it's, you know, we're, we're not normally the sort to do it, you're quite right. And I think, uh, I think the, the difference is we've seen a lot of other brands are doing it that are out there today. Uh, we saw a lot of slim products at IFA last year. Uh, and indeed we've, we've seen announcements on the wire recently of even slim plasmas from, from competitive uh, manufacturers. And some of them are on show at the show here today. Um, I think really it's just a case of, again, it goes with really the branding and the way that Kuro's going. If we're saying that we, we don't make the cheapest product, we don't make the biggest quantity, we only make the best, then what we've also got to make it very clear to people and make them understand is, and the only way you can do that is, is get your flag out and wave it, for want of a better term, uh, and that's what we're doing. We're showing that, look, we are at the leading edge of this. This is where we can go with this. And you've got to remember, at the end of the day, if, we're, if that's what we're showing you here today, do you think that's all that they've got back at the R&D ranch? I don't think they're showing you everything, every direction they're going. So you're just seeing a snapshot of the future. No, it's, uh, it's certainly a snapshot which I feel privileged to see because it was absolutely stunning. Now let's move away from the displays. Um, let's look at the European market and obviously Great Britain, which, which you're uh, heavily involved with. Um, we've seen the Susano here, the Susano amp. Um, just give us a, a little bit of update as to how progress is going with Air Studios and so on. Yeah, we finished Air Studios tuning. I'm glad to say uh, Air signed off. They they have to literally sign on the dotted line that they're happy with the sound performance. And we finished that with two Japanese engineers, myself, uh, the main uh, technical engineer at Air Studios, Tim Vinelock. He's the guy that actually agrees for the directors at Air to sign it off. And uh, we were happy with it. Uh, It's not only a very good multi-channel amp, um, it's 10 channels of amplification. Uh, of course, it's gone right the way through all the most stringent THX uh, uh, calibration and testing as well uh, for them to be happy with it as well. But we've not only turned out a very good AV amp, we're also really pleased with it as a normal audio amp as well. Uh, even in stereo, uh, we've been blown away with how good it can perform. And that's often been a problem with a lot of these big amps, is they're very good for surround sound, but the audiophile or the guy that wants good audio from it thinks that he needs to buy another amplifier to satisfy that. 
and we I, I've heard it at air and I know what it can do it can stand up against some very good stereo amps out there as well but at the end of the day I mean we're talking about a product that's going to be around at least four and a half grand if not more so it's not a cheap product by any means now with a, a product like that we've all, already have the Curo screens at uh, 8G's going to have a look at the 9G's hopefully tomorrow at some point yep. um, you need a good source so I've, I've just noticed over in the corner there that there's actually two Blu-ray players now yep. um, just explain what they are well, at the end of the day, I mean, again, the American models are they're slightly different to ours. Uh, the model numbers are indeed different, and, then, and they are slightly different timing of their introduction to ours. Um, but we will see new models. We're not in a position to tell you exactly what our models will be next year. I mean, as you remember, we did the event that we did in Rome last year for the launch of Kuro. We'll probably see us, well, probably not Rome, but we'll probably see a similar uh, launch event in the spring this year for the Kuro 9G product, uh, and that'll include then the other products that we're going to roll out. Um, realistically, obviously, we're going to have a replacement for the BDP Alex 70A which was the, the latter machine that we brought out that did the full advanced audio both Dolby Digital and DTS advanced audio uh, HD audio um, obviously the other big question there at the moment is about profile uh, and the ability to do a lot of the tricks and the trick play that you get on the disc and a lot of the, the added value stuff and after October uh, that's just gone actually all machines after that date and of course the machines we've got now were brought out before that date must meet at least profile 1.1 so we'll see a replacement for the 70A, but I can't tell you exactly when yet. We'll announce that in the spring. We'll see a replacement for the 70A, which will be the, the latest profile and up to date with that. I think the 70A has been well received anyway. Uh, I've already seen demonstrations of some new scaling and video technology they've incorporated in that. Again, very impressive, very impressive. I can't tell you too much about that at this stage. Um, and then we may have another product up our sleeve a bit later in the year, but it's far too early to talk about that product yet. Uh, but think high end. Now, one of the other big buzzes um, coming up to CES was Pioneer getting back into front projection. Um, is there anything you can tell us about that at this moment in time? We're not making any formal announcements yet, Phil, I'm afraid. I can't really spill the beans too much on that yet. Um, but there is, there, you're right, there is a rumour out there that we're, we're looking at that. I think at the end of the day, I think you've got to remember, and it's the same when, you know, another thing that nobody's touched on at this and, and no questions have been raised, which is quite surprising really, is about the sharp situation as well and the LCD situation. Um, I think at the end of the day, you've got to remember that uh, even if we take a product and badged it, which initially is probably what will happen with the Sharp product, if we see our first products from uh, LCDs below 40-inch will probably be nothing more than a bad Sharp, although they're latest generation of product. Uh, and the Aquos is a pretty strong product, uh, and the next generation is likely to be pretty strong. Uh, I mean, they're 40% market shareholders in Japan, Sharp. It's unbelievable how strong the, product, the brand is in Japan. But they're not so strong in Europe. They're, they're actually very, very weak in Europe. Uh, and I think as much as anything, you've got to look at the commercial side of it as well. And I think that's difficult, and I appreciate particularly uh, for a lot of the forum members and the enthusiasts, they don't tend to ever think about that side of it or look at that side of it. We've got retailers that would love to sell a smaller Kuro product. Uh, they'd love to sell a 32-inch because they've got customers coming who physically cannot fit a 42-inch product in their living room. Uh, so what do we do? Sell them a competitor's product? So at the end of the day, you know, even if it's a badge product at the end of the day, 
as long as it's a good product and as long as it caters to the customer that needs it and as I say I've never knocked that, uh, that, that that's what we need to do is provide a solution to the customer and maybe you're right the projectors may be the other thing that we, we will look at in the future because again we do get people that want to keep it all in the same family uh, and as we said before on some of the other podcasts we've done we're seeing a lot more of the connectivity and the family tie-in with the way these products operate particularly things like HDMI and CC a lot more reason to keep it all in one one family of product I really believe in that when you get things like particularly Sasano the amp and our bigger amps you know the the, the, the other amps that we've got there uh, you know with the uh, the, the uh, VSX Alex uh, 80s and the products that we've got out there today uh, at the end of the day the engineering that have gone into those the video part of it is being done hand in hand with the video engineers that work on our plasma so it's obvious that they're going to make sure that works in harmony with each other it, you know the days it always used to make me laugh you know I, I came from a retail background and you'd get a guy who'd read the latest flavour of whatever what magazine it might be and I'm not, I'm not picking on any particular magazine there he's read the reviews issue the awards issue and oh I'll take you back in history I don't know a Kenwood 3020 amps won the best amp in tell how old I am a Wolfdale Diamonds won the best speakers uh, I mean I don't know the best CD player maybe I'm out of time is a, a Marantz KI or maybe it was a Pioneer stable platter and I used to get customers walk in the shop and they wanted that amp that pair of speakers and that CD player but nobody ever said it sounded right together uh, and in fact they're all different manufacturers they, they've never been matched or paired to go with each other uh, why, why do you think we put so much effort into making these products we make them to work with each other and that's becoming more and more and more important particularly when you think about video and audio processing if those chipsets have been designed to work and interface with each other then you should get a perfect experience whereas if you start mixing and matching from all different brands uh, they haven't been designed to go with each other mm. and it's a lot more thinking needs to go into it than it used to be I think it's, uh, it's always interesting to get your angle on things, Jim. And um, from a, a personal point of view, let's, obviously this is not from a pioneer point of view, from a personal point of view, um, the big thing at CES this year was going to be HD, DVD, Blu-ray. Um, we know pioneer stance is Blu-ray, um, but there was a bombshell drop just before the show opened. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that, and, and do you think we're now at the end of the war? Again, I mean, obviously, I've got to be very politically correct and polite. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, with my Pioneer hat on, you know, you're right. Pioneer obviously always supported Blu-ray. I've given you the reasons before, whether that's longevity, what we believe is the potential of the format for the future from a PC point of view as much as an AV point of view. Uh, and the thing I've always maintained, and I think this really is now what's bringing it home, is that at the end of the day, it'll be about the media. If you haven't got the movies to play on the format, you haven't got a format. Uh, and I think the Warner thing is a bombshell blow. I think it will make a big difference to what will happen with it in the future. Uh, whether what that means, whether it means the demise of one, I hope not for the people that are bought into the technology at the end of the day. Whether it means we'll see dual disc or dual players from certain manufacturers, then maybe that's the only way it will survive. But when you're getting major players like that back in one format, it, it's put itself into a corner. It really has. And in a way, it is a shame it had to come to that. Jim, it's always fascinating catching up with you. Um, thank you very much for, for taking the time to take us round the stand today uh, here in Las Vegas. It's, uh, it's a hell of a town, isn't it? Oh, it is. Viva Las Vegas, Phil. I hope you enjoy it out here, mate, and uh, enjoy the show if your feet will keep up with the pace, because uh, I haven't even started to look around yet. It is enormous. Made by enthusiasts. 
for enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie, thanks. This is the AV Podcast. So in a very busy start to CES, we've covered uh, Pioneer Stand and their new concept TVs, uh, which are certainly one of the biggest highlights of this year's show so far. Uh, what we're going to do now is we're going to take a quick break uh, and we will be back with more podcasts uh, throughout the week as we get round the show. As you can imagine, TES, a very, very busy show, a uh, lot of uh, footfall and it's a... Uh, it is proving quite difficult to get round and get the material up for you guys uh, very quickly. So what we'll do is we'll put the latest news up on the site for you in the news area. Uh, once you get that, you'll know what's coming on the podcast. And the podcast should start following from about Tuesday onwards. Uh, that's UK time. So this is Phil Hinton at CES saying thanks for listening. And we will see you again later in the week. The AV Podcast was presented by Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. The AV Podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV Podcast is copyright M2M Limited.